Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999. I'm your host, Phil Liscove. And with us today, back again for her second episode, as Rebecca Searle, author, author of In Five Years, creator of Famous in Love. Thank you so much for being back here with us to talk I'm about so Sex excited. and the City. I'm so excited. Let's do all the shows. Let's talk about everything. Oh, you're believe me, we've got lots more shows. You're coming you back. You emailed me and I was like, can we do today? Let's do today. <laughs> Um, so I, I mean, I want to rewind a little bit. Um, yeah. did you see or watch sex in the city in 98, 99, or was it something that came to you a little later and how did it come into your life? I was, I was, I was young and I grew up in a house that was not a huge fan, like huge proponents of television. So okay. like even getting, like, I remember, and I think we may have talked about this in the, when we talked about oh, so, Felicity, yeah. mm-hmm. like I remember like friends used to record the episodes and like send them to me in college, uh, send them to me in high school, excuse me. And it wasn't until I got to college that I sort of like got fell in step in those shows myself. So I didn't watch Sex and the City until I was already in college. And that would have been, 2004 2003 sure. um so i didn't watch it at the time but i but i distinctly also remember knowing that it was around sure the way you know something is around when you're like a little too young for it and it's like that cool older thing and you're not exactly mm-hmm. sure what it is and you don't really have access to it but you understand that it exists so like i remember being at my mom's friend's house and she had a daughter um, who, who's now a very close friend of mine, but who's like 15 years older than me. And they were watching it. And I remember like sitting, you know, in the corner and like, and sort of not really understanding what they were talking about or necessarily. I also, by the way, like I'm, I'm actually like I was six. I was probably like 16, but I was a very young 16. Um, 
you know, that's why I wrote YA forever. Cause like I didn't have my, like whatever. I didn't have my first boyfriend until I was like 19. But anyway, the point is that's neither here nor there. Um, the point is So did that, the show feel yeah, like, did it feel like audacious to you? I mean, you said you were a young teenager, mm-hmm. quote unquote, but like, right. did the show feel like r-rated to you i mean it is but you know what i mean like in terms of did it sort of open your eyes a little bit and 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 i've had a fair amount of female guests on and the show obviously i don't say obviously but it does speak more to women than it does to men Mm -hmm. but you know what sort of a imprint did it have on you as a young woman seeing this show i think twofold i mean yes i do feel like it seemed risque only not because of what they were talking about, because I either understood it or I didn't, sure. but because of like, I think the nature of the way they showed sex and that was not like, you just didn't see sex scenes like that on television mm-hmm. in the early two thousands or the late nineties. Like that nobody was doing that. So, um, so in that way it did. And uh, on the other sense, I think it just, to me, it really glamorized. I mean, like, by the way, I'm so unique in this point of view, but you know, being, being a young woman and living in New York City. And I think that, like, there were many things that contributed to my moving to New York after college, Felicity being one of them. But I think certainly the experience of Carrie in New York contributed to that. I mean, it was, it was, it was like this glamorous, beautiful Mecca who wouldn't want to be there. And I was a writer. Well, that, that was going to be my next question, which is, you know, there's this tremendous article, which I'm sure you've read. I had Emily Nussbaum on for the first episode to talk about Sex and the City, the New Yorker writer. And she wrote this amazing article about the show. Um, and, and she sort of talks a lot about the antihero that is Carrie Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you know, obviously you've written a lot of female characters. You know, did that, did this show have some sort of an effect on you in, in the ways that you sort of saw female characters, which were allowed to be messier and, and a little bit more, I don't want to say broken, but just a little bit more aimless and a little bit mm-hmm. unsure of themselves as opposed to these rom-com female characters that tend to be a little bit more rote? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think I remember watching like Carrie's breakup with Big and thinking, and, 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 you know, and the episode, I think it's her 35th birthday where mm-hmm. Charlotte says to her, like, maybe we could be each other's, where we could be each other's soulmates and men could kind of be these fun things who come in and out. And I, I just, I'd never seen the female experience of the search for love written with so much vulnerability. Like they weren't afraid to say it's lonely and they want this and they're not entirely sure how to have it. And also like when they get it, it doesn't feel like what it's supposed to, um, you know, I just, it was a show about so many truths of what it means to be. A woman. So many truths about what it means to be a woman in love that ends with the biggest lie, which is that that man changes. He doesn't. Spoiler alert. Spoiler, um, guys. Yeah. Big's still a dick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, 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 I love what you're saying there. And I, I, I want to unpack it just a little bit more because it does feel like, you know, the, the romantic comedy, if you will. And I, it's a big, that's a big tent, obviously. But sure. it does feel like for so long, both sides had to sort of be impervious to loneliness. Like they weren't, men and women weren't allowed to really show their humanity, right? To show sort of their, their, their flaws and their weaknesses. And, and I think that this is one of many things, thankfully, that sort of taken that, deconstructed that and allowed for um, romantic characters to feel like people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the show, yeah, yeah, please. No, I was just going to say, and also to to not have that loneliness need to be rectified or reconciled. Like that loneliness didn't mean that there was anything wrong and that they should be making different choices than the ones they were making. I mean, certainly, yes, they were messy, but I don't think there was ever a moment where the show tried to suggest that like they were fucking it up and they should have ended up with these guys, but they were screwing it up. Like, 
I, it was, it just felt very honest and authentic to the fact that we all have very different experiences in love. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. It, it's, you know, the, the show is, I think, I don't want to say misread because that feels very, you know, whatever, but I, I think that it's, on its surface is the thing that unfortunately people tend to glom onto. It's why you have all of the sort of any sort of negativity that was directed towards the show had a lot to do with the lifestyle-ness of the show, the way they dress, the the men that they were dating, the whatever the case might be, as opposed to sort of getting into the the you know the the meat and potatoes of these characters. And I think that 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 the four of them are so distinctly different and so perfectly carved out. I mean, I, I've talked about this in, in previous episodes, but I love that the scene that I rewatched season one as I was going into season two, because I hadn't watched it in a long time. And I was surprised by how fully formed the show was almost from the jump. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, no one likes Carrie talking to the camera and we're all thankful that, that she stopped doing that. Yeah. But, and there's things about season one that obviously are a little bumpy, but you have that scene of them in the back of the cab talking to Charlotte about anal sex. Yeah. And the four of them are so perfectly defined. Their their comedic timing is so their own. The characters are so their own. And it's just so refreshing to see that. And I imagine that feeling like a lightning bolt in the late 90s when this show lands. You know, I, I didn't watch it live. I was living in Canada at the time, so we didn't have HBO. Right. So the only way I could watch it was when they were on the DVDs that eventually showed up or when it eventually was uh, syndicated up there. But, um, you know, for you, uh, you know, how did it feel? You mentioned it a little bit earlier, but how did it feel to sort of be around people that were either watching the show yourself as well, but just kind of how exciting this show must have been at the time? So exciting. So exciting. <laughs> I mean, it, like, I just, I and I also feel like it impo- it both reflected, I think, um, conversations that women were already having, but also empowered women to feel like they could be having these conversations that they wanted to be having. So I think it's a sort of a misnomer to say that it was just like reflective of the culture. No, it like it encouraged, I think that level, that level of honesty. And also it really was for me, the first show that I saw that valued and elevated and like centered female friendship in that way and made it like the fulcrum of, of these women's lives in a way that I really resonate with. I, most of my novels are about that. Certainly my last book in five years is about that. Um, and I thought that that, like, I continue to think that that is such a beautiful contribution to the I, I, entertainment. I could not agree with you more. And, 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 and I would argue, and, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too. You know, the, the show, the series, we'll pretend the movies don't exist. Uh, the yeah. series uh, ends, at least with Carrie, in a somewhat ambiguous place. I mean, Big is moving back to New York. We find out his name, whatever. We'll talk about that in this episode, too, because that's for... We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But but I, I, I guess my question to you is this. You know, I the ending I would have preferred, and it's not that I don't like the way that the series ends, because I do think it ends on a satisfying note. It's emotionally resonant. They all get their moments, and, and uh, it ends in a way that doesn't feel finite, which is mm-hmm. great. Um I wish that she had to choose between Big and her friends Mm -hmm. and for her to choose her friends. Like, I wish that there was a moment when Big's like, I want to be with you, but I live on the East, on the West Coast. And you have to choose between New York and your friends and me and for her to choose her friends. Because ultimately, to your point, that's the show, right? It's the coffee shop scenes. It's the dinner scenes. It's the the club scenes with the four of them when the show really comes to life. Yeah. Men are all have some great stuff. And I don't mean to negate the male characters in the show. But to your point, the friendship 
is really the the the, the beating heart of the show. Um, so, uh, what are your thoughts on how it resolved itself in the in the series? You're making me emotional. I really like my two best friends live in um, live in New York and Seattle, and I obviously haven't seen them in you know eight months. Sorry, it's making me sad. Um, no, it's a it's a, it's it's a beautiful thing. I think that. I, yes, I like the ambiguous note it ended on the, the moment. And I understood why they, why they did it, where, um, where Miranda says, go get our girl, because Miranda was always the one who really held back on big, who wasn't won over by him, who, who really felt like he was not the person for Carrie. He didn't really get her. He was disrespectful of her. I understood why he was the one who needed to give her blessing, but it, it just, it didn't feel true. Like I said, I, I mean, I, I've said this about Sex and City for so long. It really was a show about all these truths that I felt ended on a note that was a little bit of a lot. Like it didn't feel, it, that part didn't necessarily feel authentic to me. And I love your suggestion of, of her being <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to stick around here. And like, right. maybe you could be this fun thing that flits in and out of my life. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah and I, I mean, we could spend four hours talking about sure. the, the ups and downs of the movies. Um, that's a whole other thing. And what yeah. I, the thing that I think maybe I, I dislike most about the films is how finite they are and that it makes it feel as though like this is the end of these stories. Um, there's just something very kind of that I don't really particularly appreciate about that. But, um, but yeah, it, it does feel like Carrie doesn't necessarily feel like a person that should be in a relationship. <laughs> like she just yeah. needs some sort of a free, like her boredom, which is the, really the only uh, word that I can describe the second film, which is that she's bored in marriage. And then the first film is about her sort of weaponizing marriage in some very strange way that I'm just not sure what that's all about. Yes. These are, these are just things that, that don't feel, um, you know, akin to her character, but Let's give a little bit of context to episode 207, The sure. Chicken Dance, which is the episode that we we're talking about today. Uh, Carrie gets fed up with Big's inability to pay attention to her. Miranda inadvertently sets her interior designer up with a long-distance would-be boyfriend, and they marry only after four weeks. Charlotte has a warp-speed relationship with a guy she meets at the wedding, and Samantha is upset when she experiences Deja Screw, sleeping with a guy she previously did 15 years ago. The Chicken Dance aired on July 18th, 1999. It was written by Cindy Chupak and directed by Victoria Hochberg. Uh, Vulture put this very high on the list uh, at number 11 of 96 episodes. Wow. Saying Sex and City becomes its best self in this episode, shifting from the parade of dudes with sexual predilections to a soulful serialized show about four different women leaning uh, leaning on each other as they figure out life and love. The action centers on a super fast courtship and wedding between Miranda's interior decorator and a guy Miranda had hoped to woo for herself. The emotional kick comes when Carrie, still desperate for a sign that Big is serious about the relationship, sees him take a phone call during her reading of a love poem at the reception. This tortuous but riveting and all too relatable emotional dynamic will drive the rest of the series um yeah can i just I'm, say please. can i just say on the rewatch of this episode and i remember this episode very well and i've seen it many times in, in mm-hmm. subsequent years but i watched it in preparation for us talking it's shocking to me how much they accomplish in a half an hour in True. this episode it's wild. I, I thought that they were two separate episodes. Like they need, they have the engagement party, then they plan the wedding, then they go to the wedding. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah, you you have to wonder about the viability of that marriage, but we'll, right. we'll, that that's neither that's, that's neither here nor there. But it, it's. I mean, I, I have. I strangely have mixed feelings about this episode. Not in in the sense that I agree with that vulture review. I think it's a little high on the list, but I think that the. Um, there's there's a mushiness in some of the storylines mm-hmm. that I can't really 
latch on to. Thematically, the show is usually a little bit sort of like, this is our theme. These Mm -hmm. are the four four storylines that speak to that theme. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't quite know what the theme of this episode is necessarily. I think it's something about the pressure to get married, preconceived notions of what you're supposed to be doing. Is that it? Yeah, but it but that I think is what you're hitting on because it it's odd that it is led by Miranda, who up until mm-hmm. that point were sort of like she like I wasn't aware exactly. that marriage was like was like a huge goalpost for her. Mm-hmm. And so when she when when he you know when they're sitting on her sofa and he's like I'm tired of dating I just want to get married and she's like light bulb, I feel like the audience is kind of like wait what. Yeah, I wasn't aware that that's what she was like deeply in pursuit of. And then the whole episode is sort of like centered around the fact that like, this isn't Miranda's wedding. This isn't her, like, this isn't her marriage. Somebody else stole him. It's just kind of, it's a little odd. It is odd. It, it's, it's, it, it also just, it doesn't, I mean, Miranda and Carrie's storyline, and I would, I would argue to a degree, Charlotte's sort mm-hmm. of speak to each other. Samantha's is from a different, I mean, and, and I don't say that, in, but it's from a different television show. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know totally. what, what that's all about. Um, <laughs> other than it's like, we're going to give Samantha a kooky storyline because she doesn't want to be married. The last thing she wants no. to be is married. Um, so there's this sort of this, there's this, I don't want to say false, but there's a bit of a false pressure, at least for Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte of they want to get married in this episode. We'll just mm-hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the episode, you have the wedding bouquet falling at their feet. Yeah. And none of them give a shit about None's it. So about you're it. just sort of like, what did we learn this week? Yeah. It's like, I don't, like, I don't. <laughs> that moment feels authentic. And I love that. I, agree. Moment. I love yeah. when the bouquet falls and they're both like, okay, so like, should we have dinner? Like whatever they're like chit chat they're <laughs> yes. talking about. Yeah. And like, that's the show. Yes. All of this nonsense. It's like sort yes. of, they got, they all got like thrown. And I actually think there's a moment where Carrie says this wedding was causing all sorts of stress for everyone, but the bride and groom. So there is a little <laughs> bit of the sense that it's just like made them lose themselves a little bit. I like I that. I wish the show had leaned in more to that, though. Like, I wish that they had spelled out and made it clear that weddings make single women feel like there's something wrong with them, that they should mm-hmm. be living a different life, that they should be making different choices when really, like, that isn't true. I wish they had kind of, like, if that was their intention, it's just not spelled out enough. I, I fully agree with you. And I, and it feels like Carrie's VO and Carrie's storyline sort of dips its toe into those waters, but never fully commits to it, to your point, yeah. or, or at least just never really crystallizes it in a way that makes you feel like, oh, because... So let's talk about the Carrie Big storyline for a second, yeah. here, because I, I really... this i really big annoyed the shit out of me in this episode and he's he's been kind of annoying me a little bit throughout this season up until this point but he's just so full of himself yeah that and i understand that there are people that are attracted to that i i'm i'm not one of them um but sure it's there's something about this this feeling of and and I know that this comes to fruition at the end of the season um, with the cliffhanger when, you know, he's engaged to somebody else and they, you know, and all that. So I, I, I get that. And I know that they're building towards that. Mm-hmm. And I know that Carrie's insecurity is, is not just a hallmark of her character, at least throughout her relationship with Big in these first couple seasons, but also just in, in general of like having a lead character that is insecure is a bit of a glass ceiling that they broke with this show, which I appreciate. But in this episode, I'm just like Carrie. There are red flags fucking everywhere. Like, what is it? Why are you willing to turn a blind eye to these things? Um, So what what are your thoughts on that? How does that that happen to you? I mean, the moment where Big's phone rings and he takes it and she's up there, I I sort of like, 
that's a very big statement. I mean, excuse the, excuse, like no pun intended yes, or whatever. Yes, it, yes. it just, it really is. And I find, I found myself on this rewatch wondering, like, is that even authentic to Big's character? Is that really a thing that he would, that, like, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't actually have a definitive answer on this, but it, it's really intense. And then she starts crying and it, it is quite, I mean, to me, that moment is um, pretty emotionally resonant because I think sure. that women, you know, like a lot of us have been in those relationships with men who just like won't prioritize us. Um, and you're like, you know, when she says to him, like, I want someone who will just be with me. And then she says, till the end of a wedding. Um, and then, and then I, and then I think this is also authentic, although to this, just this overarching point we're kind of making, I don't feel the show spells it out enough when he's like, okay. And he, and he commits, but what he's committing to is like another 45 minutes of like getting a piece of cake at this wedding. It's such a cheap thing. It's such a small give, but I don't feel like the show ever really says that. Like the show's, the show never really says like, this is pathetic. It's like pathetic what she's settling for and what she's accepting as um, his love and attention. It's such a small part. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, this was, this was an episode that for me, I'm surprised wasn't a breaking point for her. Now I understand that, that, you know, at the end of season one, she kind of gives him an ultimatum and says like, what the fuck is going on here? She stalks his mother and him to church. It's a weird thing. Um, And she forces him to sort of give her an answer. And his answer is basically like, gotta go baby. Like basically that's, that's his bullshit thing. And then they try to give it another shot. Now you remember we're episode seven of, of 18, right? So we're not even halfway through this season yet. Um, She, if you ask me, you know, I think she might get together with him too quickly at the top of this season. Like I, I, it does feel a little bit like, mm-hmm. why are you getting back into this? But she does. And he hasn't changed at fucking all. He's the same person. Nothing has changed. She's just willing to just take the abuse again. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a little like when he gets up to take the phone call, which by the way, do we even find out what the phone call was? Does he explain no, what it was? I don't think so. No, there's that, but that's it was work. It was work. It was work, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, he sticks around. She kind of yells at him a little bit, and he rolls his eyes and says, sure, I'll stay at this wedding for a little bit longer. And then she essentially capitulates at the end, and they go home, and they cake together in bed, and he wins. Like, he yeah. wins every single one of these mm-hmm. fucking things. It's so infuriating. Mm-hmm. It's really by, infuriating. By the end of the series, you know, admittedly, he's like, you know, I came here for you. Like he finally gives her a quote unquote win after 96 episodes of abuse. But I'm just like, I, it's, it's really interesting to me. You know, like for instance, there's the, there's the scene that also kind of drove me crazy. There's the scene where, um, where, uh, where is it here? I have it on my, oh, right. Um, where she asks him if he has a spare toothbrush. Yeah. And she celebrates it. Like it's and such a makes- big deal. It's, it's, First of all, he celebrates it, but he makes it so fucking patronizing. This whole yeah, like little ordeal that he makes about Here's giving her the little head. Yeah, I just, I know. And she's is. like, "There's only one toothbrush head," and it's like, right? Like, I'm sorry. Like, did you think he was fucking other people? Like, I'm like, where? How? Like, where are we? But I think, like, again, like, I think that there were there there were not really shows that I think were also willing to say like he, here is like. The, the big flaw about Big is that, like, nobody, the show never was unwilling to spell out how, like, really shitty he was to Carrie. 
only in certain yeah. moments. Like I think as an yeah. overarching, like as an overarching thing, they were sort of unwilling to, because for whatever reason there was not for whatever reason, for lots of reasons that we don't have to get into, there was a huge fan base that wanted them together. And I also like, I understand that it is unsatisfying when we inter- like, audiences want a character that they know and that they have grown to love. And also I think big is a familiar character to a lot of women, that man who is successful and elusive and, you know, like is present with you when he's with you and then like fully disengaged when he's Mm -hmm. not. I think that that felt really familiar in a way that like we'd never seen represented on television. And I think that a lot of women's like fandom of that relationship were, were trying to like make, their own lives trying to be like no 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 no, this guy can change no 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 like because because there is something sparkly about big and there is something really special about big he's a really special man he just can't show up so it doesn't matter yeah I, i was having this conversation with a girlfriend of mine the other day and she was saying i was i was saying that like you know so someone was like really special and she was like maybe special is overrated when it comes to love and life like maybe it's maybe like when it comes to relationships um, it's just not about, it's not about like the most sparkly or the most this, or it's about, you know, because I feel like also I'm talking a mile a minute, but I feel like Carrie and big had like so much of her narrative with him was like all the fun New York stuff they used to, they did together and all of these like moving moments that they had together. And, but there was so little of just like being at home and like doing the shit that is actually takes place in a relationship. Like just. Well, they, they're like, they're all fucking banter. Like that, that's their yeah. thing. And I, and I get it. And, and, and listen, I think we've all been in relationships or at least been with people where you just feel that, that back and forth. And there's something very endearing about that and, and, and intoxicating about that. I get that. Um, but, but there's gotta be more than that. Yeah. And, and it does feel like she's willing to, I mean, and this is kind of an ongoing theme with Carrie throughout the course of the series, quite honestly, which is, fantasies this projection of of Mm -hmm. what it's supposed to be if it's going to paris if it's a fucking horse-drawn carriage if it's a whatever she has these sort of these theatrical you know movie-like things in her head that she needs them to fit into and she's willing to disregard the emotion Mm -hmm. for these things you know she's in a relationship with burger and they have their whole hollywood bullshit and she's in a relationship with big and they have their like and i don't mean this to sound denigrating to the character because i think we all you know you and i working in as writers with imaginations we for sure projection is just the nature of what we do so i get it um but i do wish that uh this is kind of why, like, and I'm not sitting here saying she should have ended up with Aiden because I don't think she should have, but it's why Aiden ultimately rises above most of these guys yeah. is because he's not a weird fantasy version of a man that she thinks she's supposed to be with. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting. There's real intimacy there. There's real intimacy. Sure. And I agree with you, but I also don't think, like, I think the binary choice is so, it's just so, like, television constructed. Like, that's, sure. it's not, that's also not authentic to real life. Like, she shouldn't have ended up with either of them. Like, neither one of them were her guy. And it's possible yeah. that, like, like you said at the start of this, like, she wasn't somebody who was meant to spend a lifetime with one person. We don't, yeah. you know. Um, it's, yeah, there's... No, no, no. But, you, but you're right. Aiden was, Aiden, there was, like, real vulnerability in her relationship with Aiden. There was. And, and, you know, for instance, like, so at one point, Carrie uh, calls big for his thoughts on the Jeremy and Madeline, which are these, the, uh, 
interior designer, these the two friends of of Miranda's that she essentially brings together, they get engaged. She calls them up and she's a little, you know, she's like, what are your thoughts on this engagement and slash love at first sight? To which Big says, I believe in lust at first sight. And mm-hmm. then ends the phone call by saying, next time be at my door naked. And I'm just like, dude. Mm-hmm. Do you respect this person? Like yeah. even in the slightest? Yeah. I just and the don't show, understand. The show pitches it a little bit like, isn't this romantic? And you're like, mm. <laughs> No, I mean, listen. I'm not. I'm. Not, I'm not against flirting and and, no. and and that kind of stuff when you're in a relationship with somebody. But like this type of behavior should not be rewarded. <laughs> well, especially because it's a precursor to to you know what the episode really reveals, which is that like Carrie and Big are both like these sort of they're like siloed from each other. He won't mm-hmm. sign the card. He doesn't want to be an us. Mm-hmm. And and so like yes, him it, it when she calls for his thoughts. It's another, it's him having to like skirt out of having a real conversation about love or a real conversation about Mm -hmm. relationships or a real conversation about them. It's like, I'm just going to like sort of like ping sex back to you. Um, Which he does constantly. Which he does constantly because like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I mean, I I think there's an argument to be made and I'm going to defend Big now, weirdly, but I I think (laughs) there's an argument to be made for whether or not he's, you know, commitment phobic, scared of getting hurt, scared of the fact that he might actually really care about this person. Like, I think that all of those things are kind of mixed in there, mm-hmm. but there's this Chris Noth baby kid stuff, you know, all of his like little kind of thirties ways of talking that kind of deflate those notions. Um, you just don't really see a vulnerability in mm-hmm. big until like season four. Yeah. Like, it's a long time of, this puffed chest businessman, you know, stuff sure kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the beginning of the episode, we're, we're in Miranda's apartment. Uh, it's being direct decorated by Charlotte's friend, Madeline, uh, played by Carrie Preston, who is one of, is a great actress. Delight. Uh, yeah. She's awesome. Uh, what's up with the frog sculpture? Do you have any so idea what that's all about? Well, I honestly can't even really look at it or necessarily talk. I have a, I, this is bizarre, um, but I have I a, fo- I have, um, I have a phobia of frogs, so I it's it's really it's really strange. I've had it since I, I was don't a mean kid. To laugh. No, sorry. so I I have a really hard time even looking at like my my best friend's mother used to own this children's museum, and their their like theme and their mascot was a frog. So their home had like embroidered frogs in the pillows, like figurines, and I would have to like put things in the closet and like turn the pillows around like when I went to stay there. It's bizarre, but I um I have a real thing about frogs, so I can't comment on that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. That is 
Not something I saw coming. Yeah. Um, that is incredible. Uh, did a frog, did something happen to you as a child with a frog? Do you have any um, idea why? I, I don't know. My earliest Where, memory okay. is just being like panicked by them. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Like as a tiny child, just being panicked, you know, right, we'll I don't that. know. We could get into past no, life no, no, experiences. No, 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 no need. Uh, so basically the decoration started because Miranda needed a pull out couch for this friend of hers, Jeremy, who's living in London, writing for the economist. He's coming to New York to job hunt perhaps. And, she gets a pull couch, even though she really just wants to have sex with him herself, or she's starting mm-hmm. to think that maybe she might want to have a relationship with him. Um, so then Jeremy immediately hits it off with Madeline, who drops off an end table yes. at Miranda's apartment. And then Miranda finds herself kind of stuck on this weird third wheel on a date with these two people that she can't seem to extricate herself from. Yes. Um, so... Then there's some talking head stuff, which I hate. And thankfully that mostly goes away. All the like mm-hmm. man on the street nonsense. Um, and then the, the the four of them get together to have one of their sort of conversations about the state of their relationships, the state of their lives and what have you. And Samantha tells them that this guy that she met at the engagement party. Yes. She had sex with them and, and realized that she'd had sex with them before. I think that the tell was he asked her to pull his hair or something like that. Yeah, they're having sex and he, yeah, he says like, yank my hair or something. And she's like, right. she she's like, like holds his face and she's like, hold on. <laughs> We've, We've done slept this together before. <laughs> right. I will say her, like this, this sort of bit, like where like she's met at the wedding later and like some guy comes up to the, up to the bar and he's like, do we know each other from somewhere? And she's like, I don't know. We probably fucked. And he's like, no, wait, I don't think so. He's like, maybe we went to college together. He's like, I don't know. We probably fucked in college. It's funny. It's a funny runner. It's funny. It's a funny it's runner. It's just, yeah, yeah, it just, it just kind of goes nowhere. Right. It, it goes just, nowhere. It's just, it's, um, but it does lead to Charlotte, who has a great line, who says, how could you forget you slept with them? And Carrie says, Toto, I don't think we're in single digits yeah. anymore, which is yeah. a great line. It's a great line. Um, but it is sort of, there's, there's a, there is a turn happening in Samantha's character, um, thankfully, in season two that wasn't really there in season one, mm-hmm. which is this um, owning her I don't want to say promiscuity, but just owning her sexual, her sexuality, owning her sex life and not feeling any shame about it, nor should she feel any shame about it, which is, I think, one of the, the best things this show did, which is this idea yeah. of there's nothing to be shameful of. Like shame no. is something that we unfortunately hold on to too much, I think, as, as people, um, these weird things that society deems right and wrong and what have you, like let your Deeply. freak flag fly and be totally. I think um, it's, I, I think it's also like, I love what you're saying, but I would like take it a step further and say like, I don't even, I, I don't even necessarily think it's just like Samantha coming to that. I think it was the show. Like yeah, I think yeah. when the show started off her character, they were like, isn't this is sort of like the end of the spectrum. And isn't this kind of like zany and crazy. And then the show was like, fuck it. No, this is just like a woman who loves a woman who loves to have sex. So it's like, it's a, it, there, there's sort of that integration that happens that made like yeah. none of us, like, we're not going to apologize for this or, or try to like, presented as being weird or strange. It's just like, whatever, this is who she is. And I love yeah, that. I, 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 I love it too. And I, I think that, you know, in the beginning of the show, it felt like they felt like Samantha needed to want to be in a relationship too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it felt like she right. was on that same track as everybody else. Even at the top of season two, we have James and his little penis and, and the fact that she stays in that relationship for, for more episodes than I'm, you know, yeah, it's I always forget that that happened. It's like, why Why are we doing this? And then yeah. thankfully we get out of that. And and really it's Richard that kind of, yes. the whole Richard situation that really kind of brings this idea of like, can Samantha have a relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, although she I, Yeah, sorry, go ahead. 
Richard, the Richard thing I think I thought was a contribution though, because it wasn't just about like it wasn't just about whether she could have a relationship, although it was, it was about like can she can she is does love matter to her? And is mm-hmm. she is that something that she wants and is it something she wants to experience? And um I like I, I I liked that relationship. I thought it was I thought I it was dynamic it. and interesting. Yeah. I liked I mean, truthfully, the only relationship with Samantha that I don't think really works is when she tries to be a lesbian for yeah. episodes, which is unfortunate. Um, and, and I, unfortunate just cause I don't know, it just didn't work. And I, I don't, yeah. I, and, and I think that this show, generally speaking, as it progresses, as, mm-hmm. as does people's consciousness about various things, sure. it becomes more mature and smarter about these things as it moves along too, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's the only relationship of hers that I don't think totally works. I had, um, Amy B. Harris on for an episode and we talked a little bit about the show obviously and, and, and her experiences and she talked a little bit about um, how important it was to them that the end of Samantha's arc in the series anyway mm-hmm. was more about her getting her quote-unquote orgasm back and finding her her yeah. sexual uh, you know enjoyment again yeah. and less about Smith and her which yes. I appreciated too which is that it, it felt like you know, there was this pairing off that was happening near the end, yeah. of, uh, the end of the series. And for them to make a conscious effort that it not seemed that way with Samantha, I thought was really important. Me too. Me too. And I, like, I, I also just love that moment where she, like Sam, um, Smith returns to her. I think it's in the finale. And she says to him, like, he says, I love you. And she says, you mean more to me than any man I've known. Cause it's not, it's like, it's not about that. It's not about that. Like one for one, like you're saying, like, she's not pairing off. She's just acknowledging like you've come into my life and you've mattered and you've like, and you've changed me and you've helped me find myself again. It's really beautiful. Totally. It really yeah. is. Um, so now Big is annoying again. Uh, basically, Carrie right, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, is asked by Madeline to write a poem for yes. the wedding. And now we have this scene where she's writing <laughs> in yeah. bed and he's making fun of her fucking writing. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. I mean, maybe it's the writer in me that was like, if I'm sitting next to my girlfriend and yeah. she's mocking what I'm writing as though it's, I don't know, not my fucking livelihood and not yeah. the thing that I do for my life. Correct. I'm like, what are we doing here? Yeah. What are we doing here? Get out of my face. Get out of my face. Anyway. Um, uh, so that happens. Big then invites himself to the wedding, which I yes. thought was interesting and surprising. To some yeah. Degree. And also like, I just like not really how weddings work. Like, yeah. You know, and then later she's like, your name's on the invitation. And I'm like, what? Like, what is the timeline here? Like, what is going on? It's all happening in days. Yeah, days. It's, it's, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so here's, I, 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 need to, I need to ask your opinion on this. Yeah, please. It, it needs to be said that for 96 episodes of this television show, one of the main characters was referred to as Mr. Big and no one mm-hmm. batted a fucking eyelash at it yeah. as though that was totally normal and totally fine. Um. <laughs> We now have so this true. weird moment where he gets cagey about the fact that they have his name written on the card. Right. They kind of shine a spotlight as writers on this moment. Like, we know his name and you don't. Right. You're like, well, okay. to what end? What is the point of this? <laughs> I know. I know. I don't. It's really, it's, it's, it's sort of an odd thing. And I'm tr- I thought about it. I thought about it a lot before. Cause I'm like, were they trying to say that he's like every, like, he's like the one, like, it, like, you know what I mean? Like, and he's not, he's sort of that, that like that figure in every woman's life. And I'm like, well, that's kind of sucks. Like if he's you know, the dude, he's every man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, or like, he's, I, I don't, he, or he's that like mythical thing. He's that yeah. he's, 
he's the thing that we're all searching for, which like, no, thanks. <laughs> so I just I, like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, in, it's interesting. And he's like, why are your friends? Yeah. No, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I don't, I, but I think that you make a good point of by not giving him a name, he feels almost to your point, like mythical. Like he almost yes. feels like something yes. that is, that is a, a, a signpost of something as opposed to an actual thing, yeah. which I mean, uh, yeah, maybe it also, it made me yeah. think about like the fact that we never saw Vera on Cheers and we never saw Maris on Frasier, like this idea of, of something that's being withheld. Like right. I, I know that as, you know, and I'm sure you, you do too, that when you're sitting in a writer's room, you're always trying to think of little things that, that as a writer's room, you can hold on to that feel like they're yours yes. and that you can slowly kind of give to the audience. Um, so I understand why his name might've felt like this, 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 Thing that they yeah. liked, um, even if it's stupid. It's very stupid. Yeah. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Uh, so then Charlotte is smitten with this guy Martin that she meets at this okay. wedding. Yes. I mean, Which, Charlotte, I just. Please talk about Charlotte. Your thoughts sometimes on Sometimes it's a lot. I, 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 like, I think that, okay, here's what I'll say about Charlotte. I related, I don't know if related is the right word, but like, you know, how like when, 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 when the, sh- when the show was airing, people would say like, which one are you? Or they'd be like, you're mm-hmm. such a whatever. Like everyone always said, like, I was like a, th- a like a Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And I think that at the time, I know it's at the time, like being young, like that made, like that made sense to me. But I think as I got older, I realized like, that's not, she was of the four of them just the most cartoonish like I, she she and oftentimes would veer into territory where it's like this is not a real person like the real person just i agree um not always it's certainly like the way she right. evolves and her storyline with yes. harry was so beautiful and yes. and 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 really like i feel like she found her place and and then she would also have moments where she'd be like the real voice of vulnerability for them and naming mm-hmm. the thing that the rest of them were just sort of like trying to hide from and dart under and not acknowledge which i also appreciate but like there, yeah this, her like cartoonish need to find the dude and it sometimes just seemed really ridiculous and i feel like this episode is a little, like, veers a little bit into that territory. Also, I just want to say that the dress she's wearing is not slutty. I just need to go on the record as saying that. It's not at all slutty. It's, just it's not, not slutty at all. It's not a slutty dress. Like, you don't need it's to not a slutty boob. dress. It's just, I just, it's not slutty. Yeah. It's not. It's not uh, at all. I mean, I, he's just, I mean, he... She did just have sex with him, so I think he might be projecting a little bit, but but I but I hear you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that my feelings on Charlotte are are similar to yours. I think that in the beginning, she's a little bit of a foil. Um, she's she's a necessary kind of end of the spectrum with which to bounce the other characters off of, which and she serves that purpose uh, perfectly. I think that Kristen Davis is fantastic on the show um, in making sure that she never fully tips into caricature, yeah. which I think is really important. Um, and I think that her naivete and her innocence, I think, is uh, is important. Um, I, I think that 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 you know that speaks to a, a I imagine a, a, a large swath of of the audience that was watching the show to some degree. Um, all that being said, in this arc, she in this storyline, she seems uh, woefully naive as to what exactly is going to transpire. Um, she meets this guy Martin. They they're almost like immediately making like wedding plans themselves yeah. which i will say to, 
to the show and to and to Charlotte's credit, mm-hmm. weddings are right for that kind of a thing. Like there is something about a wedding that sure. makes you like suspend suspend like why can't I talk? Suspense of disbelief and just sort of like be in it. And I, I do like I have myself and I know friends who found themselves in like odd situations at weddings where you're kind of like making these plans and you're you're like you're caught up in the romance of the event. And it feels sure. a little bit like this time out of time. So like if they're going to do it at all, like a, like a wedding makes sense. But yes, they're like talking about how many kids they want to have. And yeah, how many kids they want to have. And yeah, it's, it's insane. It's um, insane. But but they, they they hit it off. And then they're some for some reason. I'm not totally sure why other than for because they have to for the for the plot and story of this episode are given the, uh, they have to decorate the honeymoon suite. Yes. So oh, I would also just like to say, just backing up one quick second, please, they're please. seated next to you. This is, and this is, they do, the, do this in a lot of entertainment and it's just totally inaccurate to the way weddings actually are. Like just because you are the best man and the maid of honor or mm-hmm. the bet or the, or bridesmaids, like mm-hmm. does not mean you sit together or do anything together except for walk down the aisle. You would always be sitting with your friends and presumably that dude is, has other friends of Jeremy's and that's where he would right. be sitting in no universe is he sitting next to Charlotte. So I just want to clarify that also in no universe is like he coming upstairs to like share in the obligations of like putting silly string on the bed. That's not a thing. It's this is this is you're speaking to a symptom that I completely agree with that that is much more emblematic of the show in the first two two and a half seasons where you have these um, male boyfriend esque one off characters that are there obviously as a joke and as a punchline to speak to a larger theme but they don't act like actual human beings right. a lot of these men uh, act like. I, I don't even know what they act like, but not like people sometimes. Yeah. And Martin seems to be one of those people. Anyway, he's the best man. He gives a speech. She's smitten. They go up and they decorate the the honeymoon suite. And it's just, it's too much for them. And they, they just literally have to have sex right then and there. Um, they then go downstairs. They seem happy. His parents happen to be there because they're right. friends with the, with the groom. Sure. And she gets to meet the parents. Mm-hmm. Briefly. The, briefly the father asks to dance with her feels like a red flag to me feels like a thing that i probably would have been like i just met you but okay and he grabs her ass yes yes she tells martin he loses his shit and says Mm -hmm. how dare you even suggest that you're just some chick in a slutty dress my dad's been married for 45 years or something like that again the dress slutty. i really i cannot stress this enough i Um, agree with you credit I do like how the moment was handled where Charlotte tells him because she doesn't try to, she doesn't, there's a version where she goes, Hey, like I was just dancing with your dad and I feel like his hand kind of slipped. And that was a little bit, she doesn't at all. She's like, your dad just grabbed my ass. Like it's very, she knows what happened. She's not trying to pretend she's very, and I like, I appreciate that. Well, I think that that, you know, is a perfect example of, I think, the nuances that exist within Charlotte's character. You know, over the course of these seven episodes that we've done, you know, she's gone through some stuff. I mean, she's, she's, she's been tempted by a group of lesbians at one point um, that she handles in a way that I thought was quite interesting. And, 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 and a little bit, she's, I would argue that Charlotte might be more in touch with her own feelings and emotions than the other three women that she's friends with. I think that, that she understands what she wants and she's pretty forthright about it. And she's pretty honest with the people about it, which I think speaks to this moment where she's like, fuck this, your dad just grabbed my ass. And and so I, I I appreciate that about her. And to your point, 
being mousy about it or try cagey about it to try to dance around it, I think is the, is the weaker stance. So I'm for sure. For sure. I, I appreciate that about her too. Yeah. She knows, um, she knows what she's worth. And, and I think that goes hand in hand with what she wants. And you're right. That is, that is an admirable quality in her. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and then basically, the, you know, we're at the end of the wedding. Madeline throws the bouquet. We get a slow motion shot of it falling in front of mm-hmm. the, the, our four leads, and they all just say, fuck it, and that's that. Um, and Carrie and Big leave to eat cake together in bed. Sure. You know, it's, it's – I do feel like, generally speaking, the show ends on Carrie, obviously. I would say probably all the time it ends on Carrie, yeah. um, and uh, which makes sense. She's the protagonist. But I sure. think that – Ending with her and Big at this point in their relationship with this sort of glib, like we're gonna go, we're, we're quote unquote better than this wedding, and yeah. we're cooler than this wedding. Right. Um, not sure how I feel about that. How did you feel about how it ended? Yeah, that's really true. It it is that. It's like we don't need all those. We like this is ridiculous, and this is showy, and what we have is real, even though like definitely not though. Because <laughs> like yeah. he wouldn't even put his name on a card, so. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I mean, I, again, like it's, it's, it's hard sometimes to know how the show feels about their relationship mm-hmm. and whether like the show is in on it or not, or whether, you know, it's sort of just with Carrie's point of view. Um, I just, and I also, I understand Big's appeal. Like I, just baseline, I understand Big's appeal. I'm not entirely sure that I understand always Big's appeal to Carrie specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I guess that's how I felt about the ending. Well, it's, it's interesting because as, you know, as we've been talking about this episode, I've been thinking more and more about how low the bar is for Big, mm-hmm. right? Like she, she said it so low that in the next episode, which is a, a really good episode, which is when Miranda meets Steve for the first time yeah. and uh, and Big swoops in in slow motion out of the rain into the club to see Carrie after she thought he wasn't going to show. And it's right. this big sort of like... Oh, he shows up for the dinner plan that they already had? Throw him a party. Like... Exactly. That's yeah. my point. Like this guy's bar is so fucking so low, low that if he clears it, you're like, yeah. like yeah. give me a break. Give me a break. It can it keeps moving lower too. I mean, they had these dinner plans, and then he said he didn't want to come, and then he just shows up to the dinner plans they already had, and he's a hero. It's yeah, and they like they all believe in love again. Although it does it does allow uh, Miranda to go after Steve, which is a wonderful thing. Which is and, great. Yes. Great. Yes. Yes. Very pro Steve until he fucking Super. cheats on her in the movie, which is one yeah. of the things I hate most. Of the We're not going to forget. It's, yeah, it's not canon. Um, so not canon. at the end of every episode, I've been mm-hmm. asking my guests who their favorite character on the show is and why. So who's your favorite character on the show? And why? I love that we just talked about it for the first time because my favorite character on the show is, is probably Steve. I just oh, love, nice. I, I, I love him. I love how much change he brings about, not only in Miranda's life, but with the other three of them. I feel like he really is the first thing, the first man that makes them all um, see like what a real relationship is, what a real man is. And I love that it's, and I love that he comes from this different, from this, like he enters as a bartender who's just a one night stand and he ends up being the man who really stays um, and a real example of what it means to be a man, not to like have a bunch of money or like show up in fancy cars or take you to nice restaurants, but to like, but to really like hold space for your life and your heart. And um, 
I just, I love their relationship so much and I love what it allowed the other women to see too. And what I think it allowed them to pursue. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I, I really, I love Steve. I love Steve. I think I, I agree with everything you're saying and, and, and to piggyback on it a little bit, I would say too, that um, he's not what she thought she was going to, he's not mm-hmm. what Marita thought she was going to end up with. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, you know, he's, uh, I think, unfortunately, I think it's in the movie that she does this, where she writes the pros and cons of yeah. Steve. Um, and and I, I, I paused it to look at the list a little bit. And one of the things that she has on there is doesn't read a lot. <laughs> and which, which I think is sort of a shot at his intellectualism a little bit. Yeah. But I think that, that that's also it's overrated. Like these ideas of what you think a person's supposed to be and, and all these sort of, whereas this person loves her to the, to the ends of the earth Mm -hmm. and um, would lay down in traffic for her. And they obviously have a kid together and, and, and it just, it's, it's a really special relationship. I agree with you. I would say that it's probably the healthiest and perhaps most interesting relationship. I think Charlotte and Harry are really great, but that's kind of a different thing. Um, but yeah, he's just, you know, and, and I love that he's just kind of like a blue collary kind of really big hearted guy. I don't know. Yeah. It's, and I also really love the way, and Harry shares this also, the way he loves her friends mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. how much space he makes for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that really sort of shows up in later seasons, particularly I the totally last agree. two. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's, it's just a, it's a really beautiful thing. And I think that when they first meet and for a long time, probably through their first breakup, uh, Miranda thinks she's better than Steve. Like she, you know, there's, yep. there's that sort of insinuation. And I think what she comes to realize is there's, there is something like really deep and true that he has that she doesn't and that he understands and knows that she doesn't. And mm-hmm. um, it's quite moving. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, there, it's, it's coming up this season, if I'm not mistaken, I, I'm pretty sure uh, where she gets LASIK surgery at one point yes. um, and he goes and picks her up and just like, She's like, no, no. <laughs> and she won't like let him even take her clothes off to make her comfortable when she's laying in bed. And she's like, uh, no savior. No, <laughs> like yeah. she just, she doesn't <laughs> yeah. want this guy. And he's like, all right, fine. And he just walks. Like, I think that there is this acknowledgement of how independent she is as well. That mm-hmm. he, that he's, that he loves that about her, that he wants her to have her independence, Um, which is also sadly uh, a trait that not enough male characters and men in general have, which is allowing uh, their partners to, to succeed perhaps even more than them. Like, so I think that's pretty amazing. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And it was probably one of the early examples of that on television. I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on, Rebecca. I hope thank you had fun. you. Oh my God. I always have fun. I, I have the best time. Like, it, it, please have me back tomorrow. Anytime. I love Well, there's lots you. of other, other television shows that we'll be covering. Uh, I know you're, you're a big Dawson's Creek fan, if I'm not I mistaken. Am. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so we'll, I'll definitely, you know, we do that. Yeah. There's lots of other shows. So I, I, I really do appreciate you taking the time to come on. I appreciate you. I love talking to you. This is a blast. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.